Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously, back in the rugby dungeon and, um, hold on a minute, where's where's, ev- where's everybody else gone guys, where's, just, I'm just looking at the, just looking out onto the Arctic tundra that is the <laughs> rugby podcasting landscape just now, There's, we're, we're all alone. Oh, you're not here, we had a heat, we, uh, heat wave and they all died. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tragic, real, real tragic. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd, I'd do anything to have Mother Nature turn the thermostat back up again. Yeah, we had it for two days. It's just not acceptable. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. As soon as that heat wave ended, I went outside, turned on my car, and left it on idle. I don't know what you boys did. <laughs> Every one of my appliances running. I've replaced all my LED uh, lamps <laughs> in my lights yes. with uh, with incandescent. Burn, burn, burn all the energy. I'm, I'm back to candles, mate, because uh, I because I care. Yeah, well, well done, you. Yeah, um, it's amazing as well that uh, you can increase record temperatures by a significant amount by putting the measuring stations of weather at airports. Uh, yeah, my favorite. Lots one... of tarmac, jet fuel. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite one, right, is Boris Johnson needs to get back immediately. To sit behind his desk because there's a heat wave? No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I mean, even if he could control it, I don't want him to. So it's fine. <laughs> Let him party. Anyway, well done for surviving. Yeah, well done, everyone. It's great, great to see you all. It, yeah. it, highly annoying, though, after uh, what is a relative heat wave for Manchester for and, and relative drought for Manchester, about two weeks with no rain. I was at the cricket yesterday, and the first three hours were rained off. Uh, I'd like to make this podcast all about Manchester rain, but when it started raining yesterday... It was glorious. It was, I, it I was really, really missed it. My, my garden needed it. Mm, mm, so middle-aged. <laughs> <laughs> right, so yes, we're here 52 weeks of the year uh, bringing you rugby content, and as we have done for very nearly 10 years. And if you appreciate that fact, if you're looking around and thinking, well, there's nobody else that can be bothered to fill my timeline with rugby, uh, and you appreciate the fact that we're here once again, then there's a number of ways you can show that appreciation uh, one, you've already done it by listening. Thank you for that. Uh, secondly, by hitting subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and we're everywhere you would expect to get a podcast. And if you want to go an extra step, you can leave a five-star review or you can go to patreon.com forward slash egg chasers for extra content. There we go. Uh, and on this uh, episode, we're going to be talking about um, the news in the rugby week. And there's actually no rugby so to, to, to actually speak of, is there? There's one, there's one game that I'm aware of. Um, I'm... 
apologies if there's been any women's games that I've missed, but there's one game of note which was uh, World Cup decider, Hong Kong versus Tonga. Oh, how did it go? 44-22. To Tonga? To Tonga. Wow. So Tonga go through to confirm for the World Cup. Was Sir Charles and Izzy and uh, I'm not actually seen, involved in that? I've not actually seen the squad, but they, they no. have been in the other squads this summer. So, But they, they will go to the repechage with the USA. Portugal. Uh, Portugal. Uh, Hong Kong, that is. And yeah. Canada? Ken- Kenya. 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 Kenya, yes, that's Kenya, correct. Yes. And the and that is in Dubai. Yes, it is. In November. Confirmed. Which is great timing. Interesting. Nice nice um, climate in Dubai in November. Not too hot. Nice weather, actually. Nice weather. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. Terrible human rights record, but great weather. Great weather. I mean, come on. I'm, I'm, there, I'm there for the sun. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that's the only game. Yeah. I, I probably missed something, but... Certainly an only significant game. How's pre-season going, Jay? Uh, really well, actually. Uh, numbers are strong. Uh, obviously, we had the, the weather panic on Tuesday, which didn't change anything that we did whatsoever. Uh, yeah, feeling feeling strong, feeling very, very strong. Good. Lots Four of, more years is what is, is my prediction. Lots of people wearing vests, I imagine, on Tuesday. Oh, only vests. The only vest rule. Yes. Yeah, vests are great in pre-season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, okay, so... There's only one place for us to start. The biggest story in the rugby week, mm. the the by well, the, one of the saddest stories in quite some time. Uh, the very sad news about the confirmation of Ed Slater's diagnosis with motor neuron disease. Yeah. Terrible, terrible news. Yeah, dreadful. Um, and I remember reading this and thinking, "Crikey, I, yeah, I don't want to play the game anymore." That's literally my first thought it was this is just awful because uh ed is probably what like a couple of years younger than younger than us he's 33 33 okay so quite substantially younger th- than us and i think previously when you've heard about people in the game come down with um n- nerve injuries or dementia or something like that which by the way i'm lumping them together on purpose at, at the moment uh, you think, yeah, okay, they're a bit older, or you know, so on and so forth. But I think having someone so young in the game come down, it really, um, I don't know, it really made it feel a little bit more more real. Not that the others aren't, but I don't, I don't know why. It just was a, a bit, a bit more shocking, a bit more jarring. Yeah, well, as uh, I think it's only natural when you have a sense of connection with someone, and you know, mm. just just purely from watching rugby on the telly. There's a lot of people, fans, uh, who've gone to grounds or watched it on the telly. You, you get to know these guys and. Ed's the kind of guy that you don't forget in a hurry because he's a man of incredible substance on and off the field. Um, and so it's understandable that you you have reactions, stronger reactions when you feel that connection to someone. And just briefly to, I mean, what, what a fantastic career he's had. We've talked many times about how how painful it is that he never got the international cap that his talent and effort deserved. Yeah. Robbed of that by injury. He's an absolute war horse of a rugby player who came through, or well, the route he came through was not through an academy. Uh, he, he went off to Australia and played a little bit down there, then came back to the to the East Midlands. Didn't manage to get in with his hometown of Leicester, so went to Nottingham mm. and had a real standout time there in the championship when they were getting to the playoffs and, and trying to get through to the premiership. Then he won his Leicester contract and then he became... Was he not club captain? 
He was, he was at Leicester, yeah, for yeah, a couple so, of seasons. And Bef- before he was then traded. Yeah, traded. Yeah. Johnny May. And then became club captain. I mean, who trades their club captain so they can become club captain of another club? Uh, yeah. That's a <laughs> hell of a trade. I, I, yeah. And as we mentioned on the pod last week, he, he captained England, albeit only against um, the Crusaders, yeah. on, the, on the tour of New Zealand in 2014. But he was a hell of a player. He is a hell of a player. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, one of the things which... Um, uh, yeah, this. I guess the reason that I like him so much is, do you know when people have that cliche like, oh, the you know, rugby players are so much more approachable than football players. Well, he is like Mister, he is Mister Club Rugby Man. You know, mm. when you think about Premiership rugby, that's kind of the guy that you think of. Anyone might think of the international players, but when it's week in week out Premiership rugby, it's the Ed Slaters of the world that make it go round. A hundred percent, and I know that he was he's a he was like a proper traditional rugby man as well he loved a few beers with the boys yeah. mm. he that you can t- just tell the way that players react to him that they absolutely love him and the fact he was club captain at two different clubs yeah uh, it, two very proud rugby clubs as well and the, and the way that both sets of fans and you know more broadly speaking the, the rugby fans have res- responded to it just i think demonstrates the substance of the man but just on a purely sort of anecdotal level every single time you go to King's Home or you'd go to Welford Road or catch him wherever and, and you know it, w- it wasn't just for me obviously it was everybody he, he'd always come over shake your hand how, and you know how you doing small and, talk yeah, and, 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 yeah. And, and, in, and in my case it would be like you know Al's Rousey and the kids and stuff and that's mm. actually one thing that really you talk about sort of connections you have which drive it home so he, he played with Nick at Nottingham back in the day they were both second rows together and um, he's this He's similar age to my brother, played with my brother, three small kids as well. I can't imagine if it was Nick. I can't mm, imagine can't. How, I, how I'd feel. It's just, yeah. Yes. yeah. Well, well it's, it's, the other side of that is, these these guys, rugby players are, and Ryan Jones used a similar phrase to this last week, and it, it rang true then, it rings true now. They are superheroes. They're like as close as you can imagine to real life superheroes. These yeah. are the embodiment of strength, physicality, the the mental determination, every all of these positive attributes that you see in these guys. They are kind of what we um, aspire to be, and, and, every, and huge numbers of people aspire to be. And I can't comprehend just how heartbreaking it would be for their family to see this superhero, yeah, kind of break down. It, yeah. I, I thought very, something very, very similar, actually, which is like how awful it must have been to sort of discover it. Because you can almost mm. imagine now, can't you, going to the gym every day and not being quite strong or yeah, you know, your numbers are dropping. Balls. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And you can't, you can't quite put your finger on what is going wrong. And the, the awful thing about this, this disease is you can't really diagnose it. Like there is no sing, singular test for it. There are multiple tests. And I think the way you get to it is actually by excluding everything else until you get to this thing well it's, it's so also it's also kind months. of um grains <clears throat> of sand on a set of scales and at some point it will reach a tipping point where you can sort of go oh yes actually it's it looks like this it looks like this mm. yeah which, which means he will have been going through this for months yeah mm. something i said at the start i said dementia and head injuries and all i lumped them all together so when i heard this news my initial thought was christ this is it you know, the head injury uh, stuff is going to come back. Um, we're going to have to have a very serious discussion about that. Now, I do not know, or, and nobody knows, mm. what causes MND. Yeah. Uh, but I was wrong on that. I mean, I think a lot of people, I think it's important to say that, not because I'm saying 
it's not part of it, but I think there might be a lot of misconceptions out, out there as to how you end up with this condition. And the answer is, there's well, hardly any evidence to why and how. Well, JB, yeah. uh, uh, seeing as you are, and, you know, we love it about you, seeing as you are very brave, you'll put opinions out there uh, <laughs> online and stuff, you know, and most of the time you... you you say exactly what you think. Occasionally you might say, I've changed my mind since I put that out, but you still put it out nonetheless. Can I just say thank you for not knee-jerking and putting that thought out online, which unfortunately some people did. They inferred a causal relationship between the game of rugby and motor neuron disease, which when I saw that on the day of this announcement, and those people know who they are, I'm not going to name them, they, they should know better than that, and I was, I was really angry that they did. Uh, well, I'm kind of a little... I'm a little less angry with. Them I understand. I understand the thought process, and yeah. I think the thought the thought Only process would have popped I, I into lots of that. Mm. Yeah, the thought process would have popped. That. Well, that's why I'm saying thank yeah. you for not acting on it, because the thought yeah. process would have popped into a lot of our heads, particularly with yeah. the whole Ryan Jones thing only a week ago. But for someone to to create an agenda out of this tragic story on the day, within minutes of the announcement, I thought was was callous and yeah. and and actually, as you pointed out, you said you were wrong. And Phil, go on, um, give give us some give us some facts. Well, so I, I've I've only read in one plane because, like you, JB, and I think like a lot of people, my initial reaction was, bloody hell, Doddy Way, um, Yus van der Vestesen, Ryan Burrows, Rob Burrow, uh, sorry, Ryan Burrows, Rob Burrow, and um, now Ed Slater. That's four professional rugby players. Um, my intuition was that this is something that affects like one in a million people, and there's mm. far fewer than. Uh, a million professional rugby players, so this looks really bad on the face of it. Yeah. So I, I just I've not done that wider reading in lots of different directions, but I, I just looked up one simple thing, which was what is the incidence of MND in the general population compared to rugby players? And they, now, the first thing I found was it affects about two in every hundred thousand people mm-hmm. per year. Yeah. Two now in every, that's, sorry, that's two in every thousand people. Two in every hundred thousand people two, in the UK yeah. per year. So, the, what, how, how, however, the lifetime risk of it, if you're a woman in the UK, is three per one thousand women. Yep. And in, if you're a man, it's five point one per thousand men. Yeah. So, um, which is that's, mu- which is incredibly high. Well, for men, it's, it's one in two hundred across your lifetime. With the majority of the um, the um, diagnoses come in between the age of twenty and forty, so yeah. actually the incidence for a man aged twenty to forty, if you say it's fifty one percent in that bracket because it is the majority, that would be um, one in four hundred. So then you say, well, if it's one in four hundred people in that age bracket, what is it in rugby players, and? There are. I did some rough calculations. So those guys played in the professional era. I did some rough calculations to work out the order of magnitude of rugby players who played in the professional era. I think there's about 15,000 men who mm. played at the top of the game in the professional era. So you're talking four in 15,000. Um, now that 15,000 is probably a bit light because one of those four is rugby league. Yep. But if we said three in 15,000, you're talking one in 5,000 in rugby on the face of it. Compared of the ones we know. Of the yeah. ones, yeah, you, yeah. you are quite right. Because yeah. it could be, there could be... A, re- a player a, retired a, who was in semi-pro le- or, or yeah. championship yeah. level or whatever. But that you, you're right. But that would, 
that would increase both the numerator and the denominator. Yep. Yeah, correct. So if, if you started going, if you went down to level three, that 15,000 yep. might become 100,000. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, but just just using those two things, it, it went against my initial intuition, which was, God, this is far more common than the general population of rugby, to... Well, we don't. We simply do not have enough ed- evidence uh, yeah. right now to yeah. say whether it is. So, I think the best resource for this is there's a study in 2005 from I want to say University of Rome, uh, and I, I, I apologise if I've got this wrong, but the guy doing it was a guy called Dr. Chow, as in Sia. Um, and okay, he, yeah, yeah. He well, hi as well. Hi, oh, hi, yeah. and hi, hi. Yeah. Um, that, well, that's how I read his name, but my reading is notoriously bad. So. <laughs> Um, he studied Italian footballers from 1970, yeah, uh, and using um, the rates of sorry the the, the incident rates of um, you know the general population in Italy, mm-hmm. he then looked at Italian footballers. Um, Italian footballers came out something like six to seven times more likely to have motor neuron disease than the general population. Really? Yeah, he screened out uh, he screened out players that were not born in Italy, so it is. Uh, Italian-born people against Italian-born footballers. You've already got the causal links to men. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, what he found was that there was a higher... Um, there's a higher rate of people contracting it who played football for longer. So over five years of professional football actually resulted in a higher rate of MND than the guys playing uh, only five years. So because they had quite complete medical records, they could go back and look at this, and then they'd go back and interview the families to try and find out exactly what it was that they were doing. And this whole study came about because the Italian... I think the the Italian police requested it. And it was because there were rumours of drug infusions throughout... Uh, Italian football, mm. and there was an, there was a high rate of uh, um, MND, uh, so that's why they started doing the invest do, doing the investigations. But interestingly, all it said is that Italian footballers get it more than other people. So from that, can you infer that people that do exercise more get it? Well, there no, is a so slight link to that. Some work has been done in that area, and but but passing out the you can find correlations, and if you. If you decide to measure anything, you can find correlations. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, causations are much, much more difficult to pass out, and particularly when there are so many factors and so little is known about this disease. Which it could yeah. be, it could be that the same genetic underlying latent thing which causes motor neuron disease is is, is, is has the same genetic foundation to people that makes people better at yeah. athletic performance. We don't know. Yeah, we mm. simply don't know. Yeah. It's really so important to say that because you know, a lot of diseases, and I'm no expert, and if you are an expert and you want to, you know... Yeah, tell, you know, tell us where... Tell abs- me, please beat me up, uh, tell uh, us uh, where we're wrong on this. Yeah. Tell me Most, where I am wrong on my my very quick calculations. Yeah, so a lot of diseases will be a mutation in a gene or a gene or a missing gene. There's something like three dozen genes related to MND. Oh, this, this this is one. Of, so this is one of the common things we often. If you've ever read about Huntington's disease, yeah, that is one of very very few diseases that is caused by one gene. Yeah, and lots of people think one gene does one thing. One gene makes your eyes blue. One gene makes your hair brown or blonde. One gene does this. It's it is multifactorial combinations of multiple different genes that do almost every. Huntington's is the the standout exception. Yeah. So I mean, there's. All time, it's almost like it is a range of diseases which just have one common outcome. So uh, another example would be 
there's a lot of familiar cases. So familiar cases, uh, you you and I are brothers, you've got the mutation, I've got the mutation, we would be susceptible. And I, it sounds to me, again, I could be wrong, siblings are the ones which are most likely to contract it. If one sibling has it, another sibling might. Yeah. Uh, it's like that, the uh, in, in, in my family, down the female line, it, it runs the... Because there's Ashkenazi uh, Jews in, yep. in my bloodline, my mum's side of the family. Uh, so I know that with Connie she'll have to be screened more regularly for breast cancer because mm. there's a genetic yeah. thing mm-hmm. that runs down that line. But you can even have the gene for it or the gene mutation for it, the same as your brother has, but not develop it. So it's not yeah. even clear that, clear that that's yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. So there's not only a genetic component, there's an environmental com- component, there's a behavioural component, there's all these diff- different components. So you know, when we go back to, was this caused by head injury? We do not know, but in my mind, it could easily be a causal factor, but we I, don't know. Yeah, I, I could see, I can kind of see why people make that conclusion, jump to that conclusion. Yeah. I could see it could be one, but exactly as you say, we simply don't know. And I, th- I think you're right to point out that yeah. people, are, people who have pointed that out, as you said before, Tim, are, are reckless. And, yeah. And, and we, uh, we just well, one, in, one in particular who has, uh, and people t- like to talk about, oh, you've got a platform, but th- this person is an influential voice in rugby and they should know better. Yeah. Well, they probably didn't. Uh, that's all I'd say. They just probably yeah. didn't. Yeah. Um, uh, but that's, that's fine. But what, what, going back to, and, and putting this back round to, to Ed Slater, the, if you want, it's both what makes him a great guy full stop, but I'm sure Ed would be the first person to say that rugby creates, helps create, facilitates the kind of people that, that Ed Slater became. Mm. Just on this, there's two points I'd like to make. Um, first of all, a Gloucester have set up a Just Giving page. It's going great guns. I'm sure it will because it's all fresh in everyone's memory. People will give to that. If you can give to that, do. Because you know, part of my job, um, my day job, was is setting up things like settlements. Settlements for people who've got injuries from, say, uh, NHS net. NHS negligence or some such thing and I can tell you when care is involved the costs are absolutely ruinous so as well as it's going now uh, there's going to need to be a lot more fundraising done to meet the needs of any individual with this and when I say any individual obviously we're concentrating on Ed but if you read around the subject of of MND Mm. the other thing which is so clear to me is it just needs more funding Mm. it needs more funding because it's such a complex area and and if the prevalence is as Phil described then there's an imperative because there, but by the grace of God, it could be any one of us. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, we had the ALS challenge. I didn't even it didn't even click to me what the ALS challenge actually was, which is effectively a version of MND. So, um, mm. well, yeah, it's, it's just the other name for it. Um, what it's called in the states. Uh, yeah, ALS as Lou Ga- uh, Lou uh, is one, but I think MND actually is a range. I mean, I think there's like twelve different conditions which can kind of come under MN- MND. On, on that just given, yep. so it is um, Gloucester Rugby hyphen for Ed, or if you just Google just giving Ed Slater, you'll come to it. The target um, 20, 000, was 20,000. As, as of right now, and we're recording this pod early, um, it's quarter to four on Saturday, they are just shy of 60,000. Yeah, so they're that, going that to that need is, that is hundreds, excellent. hundreds but, of thousands. <laughs> yes. I mean, if be, not millions, I, I, and that is not a joke. Well, that's that's what it'll cost. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also one thing that's come out of this is the reading around and just uh, looking at stuff. And one of the first people to get involved was the the, the people at the Doddy Weir Foundation. At, My name's Doddy, and 
Mm. I mean, they're doing, they've been an absolute beacon yes. over, over the last few years and will continue to be so. Such, so. Yeah. And it's such a hard subject to grapple with because it's so dark. There yeah. is no... It is. The, the, well, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Well, uh, that, well uh, which Ed acknowledged in his own. He, he tweeted and said, "Thank you for all the support and everything." And I think the phrase he used was, "This isn't a battle I can win, but I'm going to fight." And just mm. God, that is just. I know, and that that echoes this, this, the statement that Ryan Jones made last week, which is, "I can't train harder for this. I can't play the referee. I can't work around it. This is just something that is coming." And, mm. do, you, and do you know what? If if there's one way you want to, as well as I completely agree, give to that just giving page. Lobby your local MP or donate mm. to a to my name's Doddy or something like that. People mm. that are doing work, try and if you can press the flesh to influence someone to to make it more of an issue. Do that. But one way you can uh, honour Ed Slater is not sweating the small stuff and not moaning about stuff. And actually, Ed is someone who, as a rugby player and a man, has made the absolute most of the gifts that he was given. That there were people that were quicker more explosive, but, more naturally gifted, but he worked and got every ounce of talent out of himself. He should have got a, he should have a, an England cap mm. that can stay in his family for a long time as a result. That was just cruel. The injury uh, cost him that, but nonetheless, he, he, he was as good as an international player and got, mm. got himself to the very top of the game um, where many people with his same level of talent wouldn't have done. So yeah, that's one way you can uh, honour him is by actually just... Um, Getting up and doing stuff and not not moaning. Mm. Well, I, yeah. I, I do like to have the occasional moan. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, as do I, Jay. Sad, sad news. Yeah, really sad. Um, well, lost within all this week's rugby news. Not that you guys care, but I care. The Premiership fixtures. Premiership fi- <laughs> fi- fixtures. Are, oh, well, I, I absolutely care. I I I can't. I find it hard to get excited. What are we now? Uh, six weeks from the first games being played. Only six weeks. I, I just find Is that, that all. Bit, do you want to do first first week of September? Is it? Yeah. Shall we? Shall we review these games? Shall we? Shall we? Shall we pick our winners? <laughs> well, shall we review one per week for the next six yeah, weeks? Yes. Let's do that. <laughs> well, do you remember when we tried to review every team and then we run out of weeks? Like every year we do, we're going to do one. We're going to review every team. They're into that. We, we get three weeks in and we run the calculation for the first time. We calculate forward. Yeah. Oh, we've got to, we've got to review what? six teams in the next two weeks. Well, do you know what, what we should do is do thirteen short fifteen-minute podcasts. One on each club. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's just... Um, pump those numbers. Down, pump those numbers. Yeah. Those are rookie numbers. Hey, let's put it out to um, people to do our work for us. If yes. you support a team Brilliant. and you want you want us to read your reviews and comment on them, write the review well, about your club. Well, yeah, we'll say that. We will, uh, with your help uh, only, we won't be able to make this happen. We, we will throw the spotlight on every single one of the premiership clubs and some URC clubs... If, Which ones? Like, Hang on, pati- I particularly I, I, Phil's I beloved this. Ulster, mm. uh, the Irish provinces. Oh and... God, no! <laughs> what yeah. are they going to do? So what's... No, no, we're not doing uh, that. No, we'll we'll throw the spotlight on on club, the dragons. Club, Can I review the dragons? <laughs> teams ahead of the new season. Here they go, and, and potentially in its own dedicated episode the quality and length of which will be uh, directly related to the input that we get from the fans of said club. So use that email, contacttechchasers at gmail.com. Give us your thoughts ahead of the new season, What you, th- where, where you think your team is needs to improve, have they addressed the issues of last season, ups, downs, all the rest of it, and, and we can... Do you know what, the glorious thing clubs. about the Premiership this year, I don't think anyone's going to get stronger. They're all making compromises, and it's who makes the best compromises, who leaves out the right people. 
Yeah. Not who signs the right people, who gets rid of the right people. And that, that could lead to a compelling Premiership season. Yeah. It's likely to lead to another season of disappointment in Europe for the Premiership teams. Agreed. Yep, it will do. And it will lead to a lot of disappointment to teams that think that they have a divine right to get into Europe. And I don't think they will. They not, let alone the top four. Let alone the well, top I mean, four. Well, I mean, not wanting to go into it, so let's, let's, let's not, not get into it. Let's, let's not, get into let's it. Not get, let's not get into this specific discussion. But just for one example, the champions of England, Leicester Tigers, signing... Um, Sorry, sorry, I was going to say Sale Sharks. Uh, no, Leicester Tigers look like they've played a blinder um, offloading George Ford from their wage bill. Sale Sharks now sitting with a huge financial asset which they can't use until after Christmas. Oh, my word, did you see what... Um... Can't use, and and he's, he can't count for their marquee player. You know. Yeah. Now, I want to give credit to a journalist who did this calculation. It might have been Charles Richardson, and I'm sorry if I'm... Attributing your oh, where international players will only play eleven out of twenty-three rounds of the Premiership. Like it's almost like I predicted this uh, last year. I, you, they're going to spend more money on international players, and, and you're going to see them less. And the reason they can do that is because it's subsidised by the RFU, uh, and your yeah. main draws aren't going to play. And it's almost like it's right. almost like Leicester saw this coming, going, "Well, we'd, we'd like to keep Ellis Genge, but eleven games next season, fine. See, go on, off you yeah. go, Ellis. Off you go, George. Yeah. So yeah, fifty thousand pounds a game. Yeah, it's more, it's more than more than. Uh, Double or nearly triple his England money for what he'd be playing. Yeah, well, I mean, what is it now? It's fifteen, isn't it? He's eighteen. Well, he got cut by twenty-five percent. I mean, po- um, during COVID, I've not. I don't think I've ever read that it's been increased back to its it, previous standpoint. So point. a lad like Max Ajomo, for instance, or a really talented young, young young lad who is on their first contract potentially has to play what two England games to match their entire yeah yeah. yeah. If you're on a yearly uh, wage, there will be guys. There'll be guys. Who are in that position? Yeah, like someone like Van Portfleet or, or Tommy Freeman. But Van Portfleet's got an excellent Could agent, be. though, so I'm sure he'll be on a, 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 a good screw soon. Yeah, if not already. Yeah, excellent agent. But there'll be guys. There'll be guys playing for England. I bet um, Tom Curry when he got his first cap, age whatever he was, 18, he made a terrible agency decision. <laughs> well, Awful. He, he will. He will probably that season. He could have earned ten times uh, what he earned from his club contract through his England appearances. Yeah. Absolutely in the first good. 12 months of playing for England. Yeah, yeah. I, I always laugh at the uh, di- at the differences between the two Curry's bank accounts. It must be <laughs> substantial. Vast, vast, vast. 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 Uh, yeah. uh, but there was a premiership signing this week. Uh, Bath did a bit of business, didn't oh, they? Oh, yeah. GJ Van Veltzer and the Namibian tight head. <coughs> uh, you're, you're talking more interesting than those two. No, I think those two are phenomenally interesting. Uh, Van Veltzer, if he sees the field, I'll, I'll, I'll be amazed. Yeah. He's had a season at Tel Aviv Heat. Yeah, so you know he's ready, ready uh, to go. Yeah, good, good to go. He was captain at Worcester, was he not? Yeah, yeah. And played about it, three. Is three that games. the bit of business you were talking about? No, no, Joe Simpson signed for sale. Sale, yeah. I think that's a really good signing. So that's a short-term deal, though, isn't it? They're all short. Just because Rafi's injured. Yeah, yeah. But do you fast, get more money for short, for short-term deals? Ask Joe Simpson. Like, <laughs> because Joe Simpson's on his third or fourth short-term deal. Yeah, although there was a there was a couple of loan deals in there which. Could have been to do with his parent club's salary cap. Yeah, you know how soldiers leave the military and then they'll go and do. I'll go and do a three month security. (laughs) Yeah, mercenary, (laughs) mercenary, um, looking after a compound in Iraq. Ideal. That's like Joe Simpson is rugby's mercenary. Well, was is Peter Stringer for a little while? Yeah, Peter Stringer. Here's my question, right? Uh, Just just on Peter Stringer, by the way, when he did come to Sail Sharks, uh, I bumped into him at the Pure Gym in Salford Keys. In his first week of pre-season, oh. and um, I, I brought this up with him again when I um, 
when I worked with him at Munster v Toulouse. Was he bringing you your coffee? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, just, I just reminded him of that fact, and he went, oh, yeah, just people don't... <laughs> this is what Peter Stringer said. People don't... What, Hardly any clubs do pre-season hard enough. Wow. <laughs> he needed to do extra. And he was about 38 at the time. He was he was always in phenomenal... He never looked it, but he was in phenomenal shape. Somebody told me... Tune within an inch of his life. From Sale. I'm sure it was a Sale Sharks player. And he said, Peter Stringer told me... Uh, yeah. Peter Stringer told him, a cob will not pass his lips between something like Monday and Saturday night. Like that, <laughs> that is just it. I, mean, I don't know if that's true or not. I, I, I hope it's true. He's I, the he's most shredded, shredded person yeah. in rugby. Yeah. yeah. So um, my question would be, because of the salary cap and whatnot, and because of injuries and sal- uh, squads being relatively bare, if you are an experienced premiership campaigner with a little stardust like Joe Simpson is, Keeping yourself away from a premiership club for pre-season or just you know, off someone's books, you might be able to land a really lucrative contract. If somebody needs a scrum half, yeah. the first question you ask them is, how much salary cap do you have left? Yeah, yeah. I'll have it all, thank you very <laughs> yeah, much. I mean, there's an argument, actually. You're going, oh, I don't really want to do the whole grind of a whole season. But if you're a hooker or a scrum half or a really experienced 10, just keep the engine ticking yeah. over. Keep doing yeah, your own training, yeah. kind of like NFL players. That's exactly what they do. And then actually you're like, well... Do I fancy this one? No, I don't really. The money doesn't stack up. I'll stick with the job I'm doing. Or yeah, go on then. I'll do this one. Yeah. Speak, speaking of NFL players keeping ticking over, we've not had any announcement on Christian Wade, have we? No. Um, that's a good shout. I'd forgotten about that. And he was hanging on. I, do you think he's had a shock when he find when he's found out how much they get paid? I do wonder about that. Yeah, I left and it was this much. What's happened? Yeah. Because I, I <laughs> bad taste gag, but. Um, I'd love him to sign for any club other than Sale so that when whatever club he goes to plays against Sale, on the wing we can have Roebuck versus Wade. Why? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well done, <Sorry>. well done. <laughs> yeah, very good. Great Ter- gag. Terrible. <laughs> no, I like it. Great such gag. A, such a terrible, a bad taste dad joke. I like Apologies. it. Apologies. <laughs> I like I like a good good bit of wordplay, Phil. Crack on. That is quite good, actually. Um, do you know, uh, the uh, our email inbox has been busy once again. Contactedchasers at gmail.com. A lot of response to hunting and high vis. Hunting yeah, in yeah. the colour orange. Yeah. Really you mentioned on, it did strike a nerve. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, JB, you were like, why do, why do people that go hunting wear orange? What's going on? What are they? So they see each other. But what about the deer? Well, you, as you've learnt this week, JB... Deer can't see the colour orange. Right, so I've we, got... we must have had, I don't know, thirty or forty responses across yeah. email and Twitter. Yeah, maybe maybe fifty responses on that point. So I, I've I've got some further questions on, on this. First and foremost, how do deer avoid poisonous flowers, which display the which display their uh, toxicity through colour, which is very common in the plant world? But number two and more pertinent for me is why don't these hunters go out only in orange camouflage? Are they trying to avoid other things as well? Well, they're deer hunters, right? I mean, what are they? What, yeah. They're deer hunters. Why not? Why Why have yeah, the paramilitary camo and the orange? Why and not the orange. Have yeah, all orange. orange. Like, uh, like sight high vis, like railway high vis is all orange. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just wear that. Just re- <laughs> well, well, you have to have the camo <laughs> You're okay, Tim. To, oh, right. to, break, to break up the shape. T went down the wrong yeah. hole. But you can, um, yeah, you can definitely uh, make... You know, urban camo. Urban camo is one of the worst books on earth. Sorry, uh, we had to have an interlude there, a very dramatic interlude, because... 
It's him still I, coughing. I don't know why. I've just got... Uh, tea went down the wrong hole, right. and now I've got something tickling my... <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh dearie me such drama in the dungeon it is not a hangover of my illness last week which could have been a um, mystery illness of unspecified origin right <laughs> so um, what are the fixtures that interest you Phil uh, I, I've not even looked at them Bristol Bath opening day love it great okay, so that's start that'll be a good so that will be a good start because they were both terrible last year and they'll both be terrible this year no, hold on hold on we were just talking about um, orange Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 So before we get that, no, Christopher, oh, sorry, Christopher Egan pointed out that um, it's why tigers are orange. That's a great point. And panthers, not panthers, uh, leopards. Yeah. And lots oh. of orange, loads of orange cats, actually. Well, no, no, no. They're yellow because they fit in with the yellow grass of the savannah. Tigers are in uh, very green environments. They are. But also, you find leopards in um, woodlands and scrub <laughs> and, all, and all sorts, in trees. They love it. And jaguars are are in jungles. Mm. But what is the... Hang on. Are jaguars in jungles? Have I made that up? Jaguars Panthers are are definitely in... I'm going to guess... No, no, hang on. You go 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 on on chat. We discuss... We discuss... uh, (laughs) Big game hunting. Let's go through it. So cheetahs, leopards, grassland. Cheetahs, leopards, Puma, which is basically a... South America. No. It's not a puma and a cougar. Basically the same thing. They are... North American mountain lions. So why are the pumas called the pumas? Because... Oh, because it was a mistake, because they're actually jaguars. Yes. Jaguars. So the jaguars are correct. They do hang around in jungles. In South America. Yeah, and there is one more. They're missing. Jaguars, leopards, and... uh, Panther? Let's say panther. Panther. Yeah, panther is is definitely one. And that is also jungle-based. Okay. Yeah, so I think we, I think that's a comprehensive nailing of all the big cats for spots. Big cats, yeah. I mean, unless you want to go to Serval and stuff like that, but we don't want to do that, do we? No. What about Liger? Doesn't count. <laughs> Does not count. Uh, right, so Bristol Bath. Can we talk about that or, or not? Do you just want to uh, say it's not happening? I guess, no, it's not that I, don't, I want to pretend it's not happening. I just I find it hard to get excited about it six weeks in advance. Not even slightly. Same, same with all those fixtures. I can't remember who said even, even like World Cup fixtures, unless you told me the World Cup final is going to be X six weeks advance, I may, <laughs> I may get excited by that. But. I think Leicester Exeter, Leicester at Exeter is going to be a cracking game. Oh, so that's another opening week. Yep. So those, those are two. See, you are interested. Those are two good fixtures. I must admit. What I will say is, I think BT Sports move of doing the three regular spots for games: Friday night every week, yes, Saturday afternoon every week, Sunday afternoon every week. Perfect. I, I think that is good. So Isn't you it? know. You know when they are. There's none of these one o'clock kickoff, five thirty kickoff things. Although I do quite like a five. But why not do Friday night, Saturday one, Saturday two, Saturday three, Sunday, and one team we just don't watch, or, or back to back on Sundays. Oh, because it costs a lot of it's, money. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I'm not buying five times the subscription. I, I mean, I, I am. I would be up for it because it means I'd get loads more games. Yes, yeah. so that's, that's what it's about, isn't it? But I can also understand why they don't. Let's campaign for it then. Yeah, more games. More, more, more cocker. Are we doing more. Do we want more games or do you just want the end result, which is more money for cocker? I just want more, more cocker. Yeah, yeah, there we go. More money for cocker. You can all get, get behind Another that. Another Learjet. Yeah, two Learjets. Where would you park, park, park the second ones in? 
Wait, wait, wait till we reveal why you can't do the podcast next week. That's going to be fun. Um, <laughs> I, I will do the podcast. Oh, you will do, but wait yeah. till we reveal where you're from, uh, you know, where, you're, where you're recording from. The shipping container at the rooftop bar. In the Marriott or somewhere, probably. Probably. Who knows? Probably. Who there's, knows? A, there's a rooftop spa and pool. Of course. Oh, so not not a bar. Good. How do the other half live? Yeah. You live like... Um, uh, who God when he got his original Worcester was <laughs> his first wo- driving around in a Lamborghini <laughs> Marriott Mar- what can I say Marriott sponsor my show on Virgin Radio they appreciate Bon Jovi and- they appreciate great broadcasting yeah. simple as that simple yeah. as that uh, so we all happy with the opening weekend fixtures go on well, give, the, give us the rest of yeah. it the bit, well, the, the bit I, I would just say those two fixtures sound great we know they're happening anyway at some point during the year. They are. It's not like it's a surprise. Oh, this year Battle Play Bristol, amazing! It is amazing, isn't it? it oh, is amazing. oh, it's going to happen at some point bet- between September and Christmas anyway. Well, yeah, and just on looking ahead to the new season and referring back to what we said about getting in touch, Graham Carter, I've just had a look, and there's an email already in our inbox with a Quinn's season preview. Oh, amazing. So that one's- that one's in the bag. Quinn's, there will be one coming your way. Feel free to add to it and contribute if you're a Quinn's fan, of course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Next on the agenda, Ed- agenda. Well, I was going to cut this one short, but actually, we've got some time. So, who knows what a fan token is? <laughs> is it an NFT? No, it's not. Is it not? An I NFT? don't think it is. I don't think a non fungible token. Yeah. So, start of the week before everything went mental in rugby. Rugby went mental, and. <laughs> It was about these fan tokens. Socios. Socios. <clears throat> so, the company. So, yeah. So I think it's actually really interesting. I can see why you wouldn't think it's interesting, but I think it is. Uh, so what is it, firstly? Well, that's... <clears throat> it's quite hard to sort of get your head around the concept of why it's necessary. But effectively, you get given a token, and that token entitles you to do certain things and enter certain competitions. And the exact value of that token will be determined by exactly how much the club values that token. So, you know how the market values that token. Oh, sorry, yes, you are right. So you but, you pay what the club determined originally and which, then the market. Well, well, how much on. is a token like? <laughs> that's that's, that's 20, how we buy quid, it just 50 yet. quid, 100 quid, what is it? 2 quid. 2 quid. Very, okay. very reasonable. Very reasonable, okay? So you buy a token. Now, sorry, the value is sort of determined by what the club does. They because they're setting the 2 quid. No, for, because if the club do nothing with it, it's, it's valueless. So it's directly linked to club activity. No, is, is sorry, as in they're making you pay two pounds. They are setting the initial value. Yes, what, yes, what it, it, yes. is actually worth? If the club do nothing, you're right. You spend two quid and you've got zero value. Yeah. If the club do loads of things with it, then two pounds might give you if fifty like, quid's worth of perceived yeah, value. Or, or if it was not actually, yeah, and, and the value could be you can. I'm not saying they will do this, but if it was, you can just. There's a special fast lane at the to get a beer at the bar at halftime. That is awesome, Tim. That is an awesome, awesome idea. I mean, I'd pay a lot more than two quid for that. Well, that is that is a great shout. That was the first thing off the top of my head. This is how my brain works, guys. What can I say? That is that is is fantastic. You you should be working for what are they called? Socios. Socios. Yeah. Yeah. They they would. They would like you. You should be CEO of Socios. Something like that. Get in the Socios lane for the beer. Yeah. Yes. Love it. One of one of my the one of the best things I ever bought was I went to um, Florida. about 10 years ago now, and I paid for the Universal Studio Q-Jump tickets. Best money I ever, oh, ever, ever spent. I did the same thing. Uh, ever spent. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. There was four of us, and I managed to blag three 
tickets. <laughs> so I did. Oh, wow. I paid the. But I paid the cash, and it was still well. Still no, no, no. It's, the fact that you yeah. would. I, I was there in awesome. mid June or July. You can do it there in like be, a couple of hours. Two, yeah, there would be a two-hour queue for a ride. Yeah. You'd go on it. You yeah. do the ride, four, four minutes on the ride, you come back and someone who's right at the back of the queue has moved like eight inches forward. Yeah, this is immoral. It was brilliant. Uh, so, so worth it. It's, 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 yeah, it's like, um, it's Phil basically, in that moment, and I've done it as well, um, in that moment we were like Prince Harry arriving by private jet this week to give a, yes, to, yes. to tell all the minions they shouldn't. Go on holiday. Shouldn't go on holiday. Don't go on holiday. It's yeah. bad for the environment. That was us. Yeah. Just waving money in people's faces in the queue as we walk past. Burning, burn, absolutely burning, disgusts me. Burning dollar bills to keep us warm. <laughs> yeah, unless we talk about Prince Harry. <laughs> oh, wait, Prince Harry, wasn't he not like sort of patron state of rugby for a little while? Or in charge of some... He had some sort of patronage. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. now... Because uh, William's with uh, Welsh Kate, rugby, isn't he? Oh, Kate is... Kate is now the patron of English rugby or whatever, yes, whatever right, it is. Yeah. Just what we need. Just what we need. That, that will sort out everything. Um, and she does rugby league too, actually. Isn't she sort of the patron of both codes? Wow. That is a hell of an honour. It is a hell of an honour. I don't know how you juggle those two conflicting conflicting factions. Anyway, doesn't matter. Her, so, her and Regan Grace will be the, the, two, <laughs> the two new patrons of Rugby League Rugby Union. Right, so fan tokens. You buy a fan token. And I, this I, is, um, I thought it was Nadine Doris. Anyway. Yeah, well, <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Sorry, that speech, I cannot bring myself to. I've read, I've read enough of the transcript to know I c- can never watch that, that speech. Yeah, I've really struggled watching the cheese speech. Oh, God. This, uh, this week. Pork markets. Pork markets. Ugh. Uh, anyway right fan tokens that's fan what tokens. Yeah, fan yeah, tokens. yeah fan tokens so you buy a fan token and the club will enter you into raffles and yeah, yeah. It's, you know I, I so said this and socials were almost slightly disgusted by it so it's like okay you buy two, two uh, you buy a two pound ticket and then you get different things and you know can you buy lots of two pound tickets well, I'm coming to that okay. and uh, I said so basically you're selling an online raffle ticket yeah. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Now, the reason I said NFTs, non-fungible tokens, because I do recall from the press release, this said something about it being on the blockchain. Uh-huh. Yes, you are correct. Now, explain that to me, because okay. that makes me very cynical. <coughs> Not the blockchain. Don't explain the blockchain. Don't try and well, explain give us the a sub- If you've got a concise explanation of the blockchain. Uh, yeah, okay. So, the blockchain and the crypto aspect comes into this, because, of course, you can't just buy a ticket can you that'd be too easy you have to convert your uh, fiat currency your sterling into <laughs> love that you call it fiat currency <laughs> why what would you call it no it just that has um condescending um implications <laughs> for, for certain people uh into a crypto- just currency would do yeah no no into a cryptocurrency yeah which is Chilies. You've got to buy chilies first. Okay, they didn't mention this in, in the in, in the press release. So you convert your pounds into chilies, okay. and then your chilies get converted into a token. Then when you have your token, you may or may not get benefits depending on how seriously the club take their token and, token offerings. And the clubs are Quinn, Saracens, and Leicester for this. Yeah. Now I know I've made it sound quite silly so far because it is a little bit silly in a way. Um, but what the clubs are trying to do is they're trying to gauge which fans engage the most. And I actually quite like this. Because how often have you heard people whinging like, oh, you're not a real fan. Oh, you've not done this or you've not been. Well, if so first of all, Harlequins will be giving away a ticket with every season ticket that they sell. 
Right? A token. A token, sorry. A yeah. token, right? And then you can buy additional tokens. So I imagine if these tokens really take off, you will have different tiers of fans, some with lots of tokens, some with some with very few. And once you have a token, it doesn't you don't spend it, it stays with you. That doesn't equate to engagement. That equate that equates to buying tokens. How much money you have or are willing to spend. Or well, it depends how you sort of dish them out. So they will have the initial token offering where you can buy two pounds for a token, or as Harlequin's doing, you can get one with your season tickets, sort of get you engaged. I think it is quite cool, actually, if they were to do more of the tokens uh, for certain games, if they want to fill out a stadium or whatever it is, because once you get the token, it will stay with you until you sell it. So the token might have a secondary market value should you want to buy it. Now, I think this is going to very much be... You know, yeah. Who want secondary market value thing? Yeah. I, I'm no, no, highly no. skeptical. Well, I am, but there, there again, would you be highly skeptical if Barcelona ran this system? Barcelona yes. football team. <laughs> I would also be highly skeptical. Definitely, what? as they've got no money, I would. 100%. Well, well, they're spending a lot of money at the moment. Yeah, they are buying players. Well, despite having no money, Barcelona had a situation. I don't know if it's still still true, but let's let's pretend it is that you would inherit your father's season ticket. Yeah. So you would never be able to get a season ticket at Barcelona. It's very, very difficult. Yeah. Now, if Lots of clubs have that as well. Do, do they? Um, Liverpool did it a couple of years ago where they did um, an amnesty on people um, flagging up that they were in dead man's seats. Oh, wow. Because it was, was that case and they said, no, you can re-register. There's no problem with you doing it during this window because we want to know. They've got blokes on there and women who are 120 years old on there yeah. on their <laughs> owning season tickets going so wild. they just want to update there okay so at the moment what they're doing is they're selling real products and then giving tickets on the back of it okay yeah or tokens or you know doing these to- token offerings but if you had a club like say barcelona and this system of tokens actually took off it's perfectly conceivable to me that when you opened up the new tranche of season tickets it would go initially to the yeah, token holders. I could see that. And then it gets really quite valuable. In fact, it gets really, Very valuable. really valuable. And this is what I mean. It depends on how much the clubs engage with the tokening system. Yep. So some of the current suggestions are you can sit on the bench, which I thought, you know, that sounds attractive unless they're playing Saracens. I mean, I'd be all for it if they were playing, say, London Irish. I think I could hold my own. But Saracens, I'd have no interest in sit, sit, sitting on the bench then. Um so what do the clubs get out of this? Do they get the cash? From, yes. No, so so it would be a bit proportional. Okay, so I, I, they get one pound out of every two pound token that they right. sell. So before we get, every, uh, it, like, there, there are nuances and it's how the clubs use it and stuff. This seems like a 2022 version of what my family did uh, with Newbury Rugby Club when they were in a little bit of financial trouble and they did what a lot of rugby clubs do and they came up with the debenture system. Okay, mm. well, basically, you, dissimilar, you put money into the club with no expectation of ever getting it back because you have an emotional connection to the club. Essentially, the club's going, please, can you give us some money and uh, you can have your name on a little plaque on that mm. wall or you can have a seat for the season. I think that's a really good analogy. And what they've done is dressed it up in sort of... Um, language around crypto, crypto and blockchain, because that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there are some... I think there are some legitimately interesting uses for it. I, I'd agree with that. I'm yeah. just not sure it's going to take off. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe it will. A lot of football clubs use this. There are a lot of transactions already going back and forth. It's under, you know, there are some concerns which the, which the fans brought up on Twitter, which is why I investigated. One is 
is it sustainable? Well, it's no less sustainable than having your match day ticket on your phone. So the answer is yes, it is. And, is it, and also, the value of currency only works, as we found out over the, over the last couple of years, <laughs> by if you create trillions more, uh, or billion, many, many billions more uh, sterling, the value of the sterling that's already there dips. And yeah. you have a massive inflationary factor, which... Hey, presto, anyone complaining about inflation now that also wanted lockdowns and stuff, you were warned. But anyway. You were warned. Anyway, uh, uh, but there we go. So what's to stop uh, money laundering. Quinn's, money laundering. or whatever going, oh, we've just found another 5 million Socios tokens. Well, this is exactly... That, Tim, is a great question. So, yeah, they could do loads and loads and loads of offerings. So imagine if you're an early adopter of the tokens and you've got three tokens and this entitles you to all sorts of things... And then they release another 3,000 and you buy yeah, hundreds yeah. of them. But then they keep on diluting your holding. That is a real problem. And you're, a real problem. You're, the, you get to the point where the socios queue for the bar is longer than the regular queue for the yeah, bar. Yeah. And now, the, uh, the other point about the blockchain technology behind it, which uh, the socios communications team pointed out to me, and I think it's valid, is that, say, if you have a raffle, you, don't know that, you, you do not really know that that raffle is not fixed. Yeah, yeah. You do know with this, it is very transparent. Yeah. Um, a, another complaint which came about on, on Twitter is it's unregulated and money laundering. Uh, I mean, you would have to have very modest money laundering aims. But buying two pound tokens with no guarantee that you're ever getting <laughs> that two pounds back. Yeah. Like the, the money laundering through this version of blockchain crypto is not going to be a thing. Yeah, I, uh, I, I love it. it. It is just going when people come around. Like how many times? Uh, with think about your local rugby club, Phil. When you've gone to Sedgley, I mm. bet your parents would have come to watch you on a Saturday afternoon. And there's the there's the old uh, lady that comes around, say, "Would you like a raffle ticket?" And, stuff? Mm. and they probably bought a raffle ticket and never waited to find out the result of the yes. raffle. It was yeah. it, basically it was like, okay, yeah, I'll give a couple of quid to the yeah, club. Yeah, yeah, Ab- absolutely. That's basically, what this socius thing is. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it is. But it's on the blockchain, Tim. It's oh, so there. that means it's exciting but, and amazing. Well, it, 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 it reminds me of the old proverb, when, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah. When, <laughs> when you are a blockchain provider, blockchain is the solution to all of the problems that previously would have been done by a raffle Ooh. or a debenture scheme. Now you need blockchain to solve that problem. So when you look at, if we look for Socios and Chili's, spelled with a Z. Um, with a Z? With a Z, yes. Oh, okay, like, that much, changes everything. I do actually. know how much you love uh, <laughs> product names or business names. With a Z. Replace a, an S with a Z. Yeah, so Chili's with a Z. Um, here's an interesting little uh, fact. Uh, by the way, this is not a judgment on the company. It really isn't because I think there's many... Many reasons that you keep your keep your business overseas, um, and most of it, most are legitimate. But they were included in the Paradise Papers, apparently. Socios were, yeah, interesting. So Socios is, I think, TX Holdings is like the main company behind it. Uh, but look, I. I think I think if rugby embraces it, it might be useful. There could be some legitimate yeah. benefits. There could be. There are some legitimate problems, like Tim mentioned, lots and lots of tokens being be, being issued, which would be great because Socios picks up half of the value yeah, of all Yeah, yeah, great for Socios. Brilliant. <laughs> but um, if you ever want to resell your token. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you want to resell your token, not so much. Uh, if This is an interesting one. If Socios disappears tomorrow and you've got a million tokens, well, what are you entitled to? Apparently the clubs will look at giving you some sort of benefit. But as you had no tangible benefit to start with, I don't know exactly what you're going to get. One of the benefits of blockchain is decentralisation. 
Yes. And, but I assume all of the calculations for the, this blockchain are done by Socios. So it's not a decentralized blockchain. Ah, well, okay. So the the energy requirements to run, say, Bitcoin is because the blockchain is proof of work. So you have to show the proof of work of your calculation in order to run the blockchain, fund the blockchain, get your new coins, right? So yeah, that's so, that so that's, that's mining. Yeah. So you... you, you and mine coins as well. You re- recalculate the ledger, yep. which lots of people do at the start. And if you do it fast enough, you get a proportion of the released blockchain in that yeah. tranche. Which is why it's so expensive to run. Yes. Uh, this is proof of holdings. So because it will be administered by Socios, uh, it, the energy requirements are minuscule. Oh, I mean, yeah. Like, it's yeah, like but, pocket uh, calculator stuff. But I, my, my point is... Um, so, but yeah. The, so one of the benefits of blockchain... Um, is the decent? It solves the, uh, the the security problem through finance the opposite way to how banks do it. Yeah, banks do it by centralizing everything, and so they have total total control over where all the money is at all the, all the times. This is the opposite. So everyone knows where all the money is at all the times on the blockchain. That is one of the yeah. the, the security well, and transparency benefits a- of blockchain. It's one of the reasons why you would use blockchain. Yeah. So it, it, again, it comes back to my point of. When you're a blockchain provider, you see blockchain yeah. as the solution well, to everything. I think there's a mixture, isn't there? Because the bank is also, a, you know, a private network. You don't, I don't know how much is your account. You don't know how yeah, much is my yeah, account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the centralization, yeah, that is absolutely a thing. But also, you can see who who owns all the tokens, but and then um, intimidate them. But in Bitcoin, it's all anonymous, isn't it? Yeah. So blockchain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, 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 there's no identity. It there's yeah, no yeah, identity yeah, yeah, tied yeah. to it. It's yes. just. Yeah. Uh, and as for Chili's, I mean, I don't know how this is going to work because already. The clubs using this system are, well, they're certainly in Spain, they're certainly over here. They've got to deal with multiple currencies, so that must have a value in of itself. I've got an idea. The face of Socios, they need to get, they need to get a Chili Boy Ralapelli to, oh, to change his name oh, to nice. Chili's, Chili's Boy Chili, Ralapelli. Uh, do you know what? Nice. That is an actual marketing. Tim, you should, you should be CEO of Socios. Yeah, why are you not CEO of Socios? <laughs> are, you, are you CEO? If it's all um, anonymised, no, you could no, be. No comment, Your Honour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, you were in the so, Paradise Papers too, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> so, Epstein's list, Paradise Papers. I, I've, I've keep, I can't keep, I keep yeah, losing track of all the exactly, papers I've been exactly. in. So, JB, you have, I think you have um, sold some legitimate benefits of that. Can you now? Can you please tell all the listeners when the Egg Chasers um, NFTs are going to be released by Socios? We should definitely release the NFTs. And, uh, if there was going to be an Egg Chasers NFT, it would be. And by the way, uh, NFTs are the biggest load of. No, they're not. They're no, the no, biggest, no, they're not, not the Egg Chasers NFT. No, they're not. You, you hold that thought for now. Yeah, the, the Egg Chasers <laughs> NFT. If I were going to release one, it would be the 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 photo of J- JB diving into the harbour in I would North. Say my oh, that fantastic. Day. For- when he, when he stripped right down and dived off the top of a boat. I should read that now, I'm in better shape. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen the adverts for the Michael Owen NFTs? No. Oh, my God. They are... Michael Owen has my, his own NFTs? Unsurprisingly, I think they well, I think they were guaranteed not to lose value, I think was one, guaranteed. Of, his, one of his selling points. <laughs> <laughs> they are... <laughs> I won't say any more because Michael... Owen could be particularly litigious, but um, go and watch the adverts of Michael Owen NFTs. Wow. They are ridiculous. Wow. Excellent. That's great. Um, that's, that's a good little wormhole to disappear down. Yeah. Yes. So- let's, let's- There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spencer Rugby. Yeah, let's do that. Where are we at? Did, so did you see a brilliant little bit of news that came out, brilliant little um, social media video that came out? It might have been Monday this week. week the week in rugby this week has been a very long one hmm. with Justin Harrison. At the bar uh, I in Sydney. Did. Was, that, was, that, was that this week? I'm sure that was this week. Yes, it, I did. Yeah, because it was after. It was. I'm sure it was after. It came. I certainly saw it after the England Australia final test, yep. which was last. Yeah, you're week. right. You are right. I thought that was a brilliant, brilliant little bit of social media. I absolutely loved. it. Do you know what disappointed me? The way they built it up, I thought they'd found the original. And you are right. I thought they were going to show the diversity. Like, do you remember? <sighs> did you ever watch um, the Mask with Jim Carrey? No. As a, as a child, 1990s movie. Ne- where never saw it. I, I know what it is, but I've never seen it. They send divers down to get this. I can't remember if it was on a boat or... They they find this mask that's been lost under the sea. I thought they were going to show like that. Or like, like Titanic with the... Yes, with the ring. With, with, or whatever the, it is. Yeah. That, it's not the... Yeah, we just replicated this thing. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I loved it. I wonder... It, showed, it, it was interesting because it... It showed obviously Justin Harrison is he's outspoken. He's very very interesting character. He's very good. I really enjoyed him in columns over the England Australia series. Um, he's a very interesting bloke. Yeah. But it showed how it showed his view then twenty years ago, nearly nearly twenty years ago when he was a young man, and it shows how his view has changed. And when he got to the second top in the world at that moment in time, it felt like the worst thing in the world not to finish top not yeah. to win and he's over over that like you could, from those two minutes or three minutes you could get the journey of the 20 years since then where he's come to realize it was still an unbelievable achievement to get to that point uh, and even if though he didn't quite make it it was still incredible so it reminded me of um when you threw your <laughs> <laughs> you threw your medal in the head i just wonder if uh, the lancashire <laughs> <laughs> or if you will give me my medal back. <laughs> that would be a great... If, if anyone from Lancashire or if you well, were listening... You've got some mates at, mates at Sedge. It's in their hedge. So if they want to... If, if, if the guys at Sedgley Park want to have a look for my loser's medal from the Lancashire Cup final, please. <laughs> one minute, one try. Imagine what I could have done. You don't need to be Gerard Lambeau to calculate Exactly. exactly. Well, that would have been 18 minutes. Okay. No complex mass required. Shall I... Um, Shall I move us on to the uh, rather sensitive final topic of this podcast? No, because we've got one more topic. Oh, go on. Oh, we've, got two, oh, we've got two more topics. Okay, so, go on then. Yeah. On, the, the All Blacks. Oh. Have you heard about the All Blacks? Have I heard about the All Blacks? Well, nobody's heard about the All Blacks. That's the point. Nobody's heard of the well, All Blacks. It's, the, the, it's well, they, they cancelled the Sunday morning press conference, didn't they? Cancelled they? everything. Well, uh, 
<coughs> so I watched Fozzie's press conference the other day, and it was it's hilarious. It's like, um, do you remember when Damien, uh, Dominic Cummins, sorry, got forced to do that uh, yeah, yeah, press conference got... in the garden at Downing Street? It was like that. It, it was like that. It oh, was his ridiculous. apologetic press uh, the, where he wasn't really sorry. Yeah, yeah Fozzie, uh, Fozzie coming out and doing the press conference, and it's 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 hilarious. It shows how seriously New Zealand take rugby because uh, yeah, because you just watch it with our heads on and you go this is insane <laughs> but that's, uh, well, that's New Zealand so for you there's, there's two angles to this right number one the people that run the game need to be adults and talk to the press but the people that are involved in the playing squad I I'm delighted that they're finally taking losing seriously I mean not enough people take losing seriously you're at the top of your game if you don't take losing seriously you shouldn't be there well, so, um, so what Fozzie uh, what, what Ian Foster said was uh, we haven't we uh, I'm, I never dodge speaking to the press. We speak to them when we can and when it's appropriate. And what they've been doing over the last few days is a review, some very honest words, senior players, management of New Zealand rugby, him and his coaches. And they've formulated a plan and he's very happy with where they are and, and what they're going to do. They're busy. They're busy. You know, th- this is what this is exactly what they should be doing. They should be driven individuals. And I like it, you know. I like it because... If the media were smart about this, and they're not always the smartest, particularly the New Zealand media, they would have they would have played along with this, and they would have said, "Look, the All Blacks have made their bed. They've not spoke to us for for, for how for how long?" In my mind, they all put the All Blacks are making a bet. They better win win the next game now, and that should be that should be that should be the whole story. They've had a massive tantrum. Uh, toys have flown flown everywhere. So if they if Ian Foster goes out and loses with this team in South Africa in their next game, that is enormous. They've just raised the stakes, they've raised the temperature. I like it. There'll be some serious heat then. Now, yeah. South Africa had a very good rugby championship last year. Um, I suspect they will have a good rugby championship this year, but it makes it makes it so spicy. Doesn't it? Ireland, yeah. Ireland are they, New Zealand were playing the best team in the world. Yep, Ireland are statistically by world rugby rankings the best team in the world at the moment. So. It's not uh, partly by virtue of the fact that France didn't have a game. Yes, uh, and, but, yeah. and if uh, you, you're right, but also I think if France had been playing Japan, which was their tour, yeah. the points on offer would be far less. Yeah, yeah. you're right, but they they are statistically. Yeah. You, do, you don't. You're right. You're right. How many teams win win two tests in in New Zealand? Now, there's another thing I want to talk about here, which is I like the, the New Zealand attitude to losing. Uh, it's just completely uncompromising, which is so refreshing. How many times do you see players trudge off? We'll take our learnings, or we're in a good place, or I was happy with this. I was happy. No, it is not acceptable. Mm. You know, particularly when you're at the absolute pinnacle of of the game. Uh, they take it seriously. I love it. I absolutely love it. More of this, please. So w- one little stat. Um, so Ian Foster it took it took him twenty four games to reach seven losses. So he lost seven out of twenty four. For Sir Graham Henry to reach tw- um, seven losses, it took him 53 games. And for Steve Hansen, it took 89 games. Wow. To reach- you, you had, like, historically, there's lots of lots of um, New Zealand players whose win rate as an All Black is 90% or thereabouts. Yeah. That's, that is the kind of normal record that you expect from <laughs> the All Blacks. So um, one of the responses to this is they've brought Shannon Frizzell back into the squad. Shannon Frizzell? A guy that I like as a rugby player. But uh, what was the New Zealand comment about him? He has had some some interferences or 
He's had some difficulties. Uh, well, he's he's been accused of some rather rather unsavoury. What's he been found guilty of? He's had too much ban, hasn't he, for splitting an ex girlfriend's lip, threatening her, and punching her boyfriend. So, yeah, um, attacked a man and slapped a woman, slapped and punched a woman during a late night incident on May 9th, twenty twenty one. He, he, for which I think he avoided conviction. Yeah. So the message... oh, well, a conviction was not recorded no. after he pled guilty. Okay. So the message here from, okay. from rugby authorities all over the world okay. on rugby Twitter is: it is obviously too dangerous for Shannon for women to watch Shannon Frizzell, but it's perfectly okay for them to play against Shannon Frizzell. <laughs> Tim, would you like to explain that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna. I'll move on to this topic. Is, is oh, any, any more for any more? Any more for any more? <laughs> Um, no, I think, we, I think that's a good segue into this. All right, Stuart, uh, dicey and dangerous. Uh, Stuart, topic. Stuart Bailey has sent us an email. Contacttechchasers at gmail dot com. Dear JB, Phil, and Tim. First off, love the pod and all that. Blah blah blah. Not sure if you discuss this on the next pod, but I saw JB tweeting regarding trans women in rugby and thought I'd offer my view, which is something I've not heard elsewhere. Uh, rugby is a great game and should be enjoyed by all who want to enjoy it. That doesn't mean it's a game for everyone. I came late to rugby in my early 20s and after being a fan decided I should start playing. I went down to my local club and having never played was welcomed with open arms and loved it. Great to hear. Uh, After a short time, I had to stop. Without boring you of the details, I have a genetic connective tissue disorder that means my body won't stand up to playing much rugby. Crikey. I knew this might well be the case and put up with the side effects for as long as I could. Taking a week to recover from a game, not being able to walk more than 100 yards in that time without stopping in too much pain, etc. Wow. That's some sacrifice to, to have <laughs> yeah. a crack. Fair play. Uh, the short version was I couldn't do it, so I stopped. Okay. Now, n- now I might fare better play. <laughs> I might fare better play wounds rugby where I wouldn't get hit as hard, or even under fourteens where I could dominate being in my thirties. But that's not what they signed up for. <laughs> uh, moving on, moving on, moving on. I could play touch, but I like rugby for the physical side. And while touch is fine for ten minutes at the start of training, it's not going to satisfy my rugby desires. No. Sometimes you have to accept that, despite wanting to play the game you love, you can't. And this is where Stuart uh, comes onto the trans uh, issue. Uh, trans women clearly have an advantage over women in rugby. And while it might not be a big advantage in some cases, or with certain individuals in some cases, it will be. I don't think anybody wants to stop these people being involved in rugby whether that's in training, coaching, supporting, refereeing, volunteering, and in some respects playing the game and other aspects of the game. However, it's right, in Stuart's opinion, as he puts this, for this group of people, uh, women's full contact rugby must be a no. Yeah. Okay. So I don't uh, agree with that. Is which, which bit don't you agree with? Because I... I... So, so what's what's brought this about? The RFU have yeah. have made a recommendation, which the RFU council, which is the re- the local representatives of the county unions, yep. are going to vote on, and their recommendation is, is that plan. is that it should there should be a a black and white line drawn where biological men, people people who are born biological men, well, no. Biological men cannot play women's rugby. Yeah, I think I think that's the that's exactly that's right, the, yeah. as clear as they're making it, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. which is similar to I think triathlon uh, or triathlon British, British, British triathlon, where swimming? it is just if you are X Y rather than X X, yeah. you cannot yeah. play. Yeah. Full now, stop. Now I don't think it's quite so straightforward. I'm not going to bother with some of the nonsense arguments that that, that you hear, <clears> but simply this: 
Right, last week I made the argument that if a player is concussed and has not uh, completed his return to play protocols but really wants to play, understands the risks, wants to play it, they can play it. If, if you know the 14 women on one side and the 15 women on the other side all understand the risks, and this is important, all understand the risks, and they want to include their mates who they've been training with in, in this game, and everybody agrees, including the opposition, I see no reason that that game should not go ahead. But if there is an objection... Absolutely. And I think that we need guidance from the union and that guidance should have a default and the default should be a ban, but every individual case should be looked at. But So the, on that one, so I think the RFU did some polling, 67% of women would not be happy playing with um, trans men in... Uh, sorry, yeah. let me get the phrasing right. Trans women in women's sport. Yeah. Um, do you... Because th- in the example you you've suggested... Would you have to pull every person on yeah, every team so. for every I, game? I, I, I think before you played an opposition team, that just... you would have to ask the women involved, are you okay with this? And I think the team that you're about to play... I mean, I mean, if it's, if it's, if it's two-thirds of all women, what is the chance of getting one team where 100% of the... Well, this is why it's got to be individual, right? So it's got to be individual because you've got to explain, look, this individual will come on for 20 minutes at the end or whatever the thing is. And I know it's not <clears> a perfect solution, but you're talking about seven trans people in the entire sport at the moment. And I think there, couldn't, there can be an accommodation. However... I'm not willing for that accommodation to override the rights of women that don't want to do it. So if someone says, look, I don't want to do it, it's my team, I'm going to play, I don't want to do it, I think they should poll the girls or women um, anonymously so there's no pressure. Mm. And then if they say no, they say no, and that is it. There, there, that, is, there is nothing more to it. I mean, that just sounds like a... It's a brutal a total, process. Well, no, that, that's just a total... I, I, it would be so difficult to administer and, and so unnecessary, in my opinion, and well, and divisive in its and very nature. Because and and also, yeah. um, how that would that would put people that might have an objection in a really difficult position. Yes. Yeah, and there's two sides to this, right? So, I was having a discussion with someone on Twitter who had the opposite opinion to me. He was incredibly pro trans inclusion. I'm sort of indifferent. Yeah, yeah. Not, I, I, I yeah. tell you what. Let's, before we so we've delved into the like, we, we've delved in. Sorry. Oh no. You know, make that point. You're right. Yeah. yeah their, all, their argument was, oh well, some some coaches might be liberal, some might some might not be. And I was like, well, it's, I, to me, it's the other way around. Some women might be uh, forced into this, and some some might not be. You know, it's you know a different side of the same <coughs> coin, which is why I think it needs to be an anonymous okay. process. Let's just jump out to the ten thousand. Foot high view of this, mm. right? It, as you say, as you've already acknowledged, it's an incredibly rare uh, fact, and it goes without saying. Although, because there are people that are just waiting to twist and uh, and put your opinion through a different lens with an agenda, it, that it, it doesn't need to be said. But let's say it nonetheless. You ha- can have nothing but sympathy for anyone that is in this situation where, yeah. That wants to play rugby want, but want, can't. Wants to play rugby but, yeah, but can't. Yeah, and, and even more than that, who has to go through the process of transitioning. Yeah. Uh, look, it's incredibly, incredibly, incredibly difficult. But this is what happens when conflicting rights bump up against each other. I mean, to be honest, do I care? No, I don't. I play men's rugby. It doesn't affect me. But if I'm just looking at it objectively, and I think we're all in a fairly well, yeah. good position to look at it objectively well, because it doesn't j- affect us well, either way. Well, it does affect us because we're well, we're all fathers of... Daughter, yeah. of daughters yeah. and yeah. we're all well I'm a brother of two sisters and we're we're all yeah. we're all sons of mothers and you know what I mean? so, so yeah. this, this is what, this is the one thing that 
that creating teams and factions uh, on, on any of these given issues, we're all invested. We're all stakeholders. I, I we don't all... disagree. I don't disagree one bit, but I just don't really consider, you know, my mother's right to play rugby is very important when I'm thinking about it. And I know that sounds no, good, no. But, but I mean, when you but, yeah, when you come when you come playing, up with a decision, a when you well, I, I, but well, my yeah, point I'm, is, when you form an opinion, yeah. you're not just forming an opinion as a man. You're forming oh, yeah, an yeah, opinion yeah. as a son and a brother and a father and yeah. a yeah. And I, <clears throat> Whether whether you're you've got women close into you in your life, which obviously we all do, but I, I, this there is a clear for me safety issue for women playing rugby 100%. in this scenario. Yeah, and I my opinion on all this, I'm I will support trans rights to do whatever they want to do as long as they're happy within the laws, consensual, blah blah blah. Live your life however you want to live it. Absolutely, with a few caveats that if you're dealing with vulnerable people or there's a safety issue or there's a fairness issue then there's got to be some restriction and caveats around it similar with a point that um jk rowling makes with um potentially trans women or men using um that excuse to go into battered women's shelters or women's prisons that seems like an absolute no-go because you've got vulnerable people in a safety issue and it's the same with sport there is a significant safety issue um in rugby more than more than most sports for um, the the potential retained advantage, or no, not say potential. Well, the retained advantage of trans women. Yeah. And if you if you ever listen to Ross Tucker, who's, um, science and sports podcast, who does lots of stuff with world rugby, including um, founding the um, trans policies for world rugby. He is absolutely crystal clear. And he's a man who's looked into the science about everyone. The advantage is retained. It is retained. The, the advantage of men over women, the, the figures he, he, he... Go and listen to his podcast because they're brilliant. But in most if most strength, endurance, physicality, speed, events, men are... The best men are somewhere between 10 and 15% better than the best women. Yeah. Even with testosterone suppression down to a very low level for an extended period, sorry, one mil per litre of blood or whatever the um, the uh, ratio is, for two years, you only lose circa 5% of that 10 to 15% advantage. Yeah. So there is still a significant advantage. Uh, Nev- uh, not, to yeah. m- no, not to mention the fact that the average man is significantly bigger, heavier, stronger well, bones than. Well, the average and, woman. and and that is relevant even when you account for because people love to come up with the anecdotal thing. Oh, look, Will Skelton plays against Peter Stringer. Yeah. Oh, should we ban that as well? No, because <laughs> yeah, you're talking about the average across a population, and when you take the average across a population, those two bell curves are significantly shifted apart, where there's only a very small overlap in the middle. Yeah. But there, there are so there is. Men's and women's rugby, if we call it that, women's is a protected category. In the same way that in boxing, you have heavyweight and lightweight. So in boxing, because of the, the safety issue, you wouldn't have that, that match. Wilt Skelton could never fight Peter Stringer in men's boxing because it's a protected category. Yeah, It's not a protected... The protected category in rugby is men and women. Mm-hmm. Or then you would have like there's uh, deaf rugby which would be a separate category yeah. again as an example. And if there was enough of an appetite uh, for for sub <laughs> if there was a, if there was enough <laughs> a, uh, appetite for sub 5 foot 8 12 stone rugby then there'd be teams popping up all over the place. Look, look. Yeah and, and the, the, the one other thing on that point because yeah. I, it's a point that's used disingenuously by people who do support um, trans 
trans women in women's rugby is the well um michael phelps has got big feet should he be stopping competing in should you stop him competing well no because that is not a protected category if you suddenly had a size eight and under category of men <laughs> size eight feet and under of men's olympic swimming then yes he wouldn't be allowed to compete exactly. but prior to having that as a protected category of course not that's not what we are doing here yeah we, we could just make rugby open well, I think, well I, think, I think that is one of the potential... Uh, reframe men's rugby as open rugby. I don't think it works. Okay. I, no, I don't think anyone's going to... I think there'll be phenomenally few people who play it. But that is, that is a potential yeah, solution. That, that means no, there is no such thing as men's rugby. No, and because it's, you need to get rid of women's rugby. You're right, you can't have a category called women's rugby. You can have open rugby and women's rugby where women yeah, yeah, can that's, play that's men. Yeah, that's, no, that's yeah, what you'd have to do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it does still doesn't work. And the reason it doesn't work is because trans women believe they are women. And some of their followers, followers believe that they are, they are women. So you've got to they, they don't believe they're biological women. Well, they don't believe they're XX they... chromosome. Uh, but they, they, I think so, you have to ask them, right? But, uh, but, and I'm, I'm, this is my point before. Joe, I'm so by to... denying them into the women's space, you've yeah. still got the same problem. But I'm I'm happy to to call anyone who wants to be called a woman. Absolutely. I'm happy. Yeah, of in, course. In all scenarios. Yeah, of course. Except where there's the yeah. safety now, fairness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I, I I I don't think it's it's not. Um, what do they call them? Trans exclusionary radical feminists. Like, <laughs> like, 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 By the way, deep misogyny. And, yeah, you know, I know. Yeah, misogyny. isn't there? Isn't there? But I, I I'm quite happy to say uh, I. Um, I, I, everyone live your own life be who you want to be I'll be respectful and call you whatever, whatever, however you want to be referred and I'll treat you with you know the same respect and dignity that anyone else deserves I'll also uh, I believe uh, that XY and XX chromosomes is a factor yeah so some of and, the, and, and, and that's real gone, especially once you've gone through uh, male puberty yeah. Yeah. So some of the pseudoscience around this is incredible uh, I refer you to Nick Heath's tweets, which had some of these in, and I think you'd go read it because Nick's. Oh, I, I tried Nick, to. Nick, I tried to reply to that to engage in the conversation, but I, yeah, I couldn't. Interested, com- com- uh, Nick, uh, Nick Heath is, is a good bloke. Good bloke, thoughtful really, bloke. Yeah, yeah. Read it and just really, come to your own conclusions, right? Yeah. Now, just a couple of things on on this. Now, I've never been anything more than a pretty average level six rugby player at my absolute pinnacle. Pinnacle, arguably my pinnacles now, but you know, back in the day, <laughs> right? Level six. Um, 38 now now I've seen the women at Talk H play right I'm certain I could make an impact on, on, on that team so when people say yeah we need more evidence as to how this has pan out I can tell you right now level 6 level 7 level 8 you've got a problem you're going to have to find a man and that's why I do believe in individual cases but you'd have to find a man so bad at rugby or so weak <laughs> that it wouldn't really impact the, the, it sounds horrible but that's what we'd have to do I couldn't do it yeah, and, and that's why I'm against uh, uh, the individual yeah. cases because well, yeah. that, that incentivises yeah. if there are bad actors gaming act, the system yeah if there are bad actors yeah. in this and I'm not saying that certainly the people who are playing it right now the seven individuals I am definitely not saying there are bad actors but no. the more you open it up the more potential there are to be bad actors in yeah. this scenario i think we're at a stage where there's a few enough people that we can say yeah we'll waive this or we'll waive that and we'll do it on an individual basis but this sounds to me like there's a bit of social contagion going on and this is only going to increase and as it increases we need to have our house in order ready well, to deal with well it. do you know what i actually think uh, and, and twitter is very much has uh, there's one sort of view which is very loud and appears bigger than it is but i actually think just Looking around, it looks like actually 
the vast, the vast, vast, vast majority of people are exactly where we are. Well, yeah, maybe. Well, so pulling, yeah, well, well they, are, are. they are. There's uh, issues yeah. like that. Are, are. If you, are a few polling women, two-thirds of women. Um, the triathlete, triathlon, um, I think it was British Athletics, British Cycling, polled their members, and it was like 80 90% of people were against yeah. um, uh, trans women playing in, in women's sport. Yeah, and there's, sport. A further, there's a further problem too, right? So like, if, back to my individual cases and everyone agreeing, I know this is a problem because I would be the problem, which is if I had the six foot two man on my team, I'm telling everyone it's safe. <laughs> and if I'm playing against the six, if my team's playing against the six foot uh, two man, I'm telling everyone we're not doing this. Any competitive advantage I can get either way, I am taking. Uh, and it is a competitive advantage. I mean, look, if someone came to me at Talk H and said, "We've got a bear, and we think it can play rugby," we've my shaved, th- we've shaved the yeah, bear. we shaved the bear. Uh, Paul Gustard tried that, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, sh- 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 shaved it. My first question wouldn't be, uh, is it safe for the opposition? It'd be like, well, is he, o- is he offside often? Like, can, can he catch a What's ball? his penalty count like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those are my questions. I will do anything to win that, to win that game. Can this bear scrummage? <laughs> yeah, I, we, we believe so. <laughs> well, there was, there was that story from a few years ago, I think it was Welsh rugby, where there was a um, trans woman who was a, an age-grade like, county-level player, yeah. um, pre, pre-trans, and the quote from, I remember this from BBC promoted this, the quote from the coach was, she'll be an amazing asset to our team, providing we can stop her injuring our own players during training. Uh, yeah, folded someone, folded like a someone up like a deck chair was one of the phrases. Very unfortunate wording, and very unfortunate that, that was yeah. the thing they focused on. But yeah, no, it's, it's a horrendously difficult su- su- subject, because at some point you've got to draw the line and say, either certain women can't play, because if they don't want to play, they're not going to play, so you've prioritised... Trans women, trans over women. women. Yep. or you're gonna have to turn around and say to trans women, "You can't play," yep. and neither is a good solution. No, neither is great. You're right. Better, yeah, you're right. But for me, it, it, you do fall on the women rather than the trans. Yeah. The trans, from purely from a safety and fairness so, perspective. Uh, can we just address a few other things too? Which I think. Well, just yeah. to go back to it on that on that email we got, um, was it Stuart? Uh, yeah. Stuart has a has a condition which means he can't play, and he's cho- he's taken the decision. He's chosen. I, I don't want to play touch. Um, but I guess that's one thing he could do. It's like, I, well, I, I can't play this rugby, but he could play he could touch. Put, and the, there are, there's mixed touch. And, or and mixed that sounds patronising. I appreciate if you're but, one of the very few individuals that this affects, it might hurt and pang and feel insensitive to or, or glib. To, to put it in those terms, but w- yeah, we would love everybody and anybody to be involved in rugby in whatever yeah. capacity they can. And, like, and, like, he, he makes the point. Yeah. There, there are lots of other avenues in training, in coaching, in refing, in touch or touch, mixed touch, like podcasting, podcast exactly, just, tweeting, like, blogging, rugby clubs just often just need bodies. Like, go and help at your local local rugby club because you 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 do not get the physical. Um, outlet for uh, that rugby is, which is an amazing um, aspect of it. But you will get the camaraderie and you'll get the togetherness of that side of things. Yes, yeah. There'll be people that try and confuse this. They'll say, "Oh, actually, it's not simple as men and women. There's you know, intersex people. There's this. There's that. There is They'll a very, get, very are, small, very, yeah, very, very DSDs. small number of people uh, yeah. who are intersex." And correct. the comparison would be, look. If you're sadly born without legs, it does not mean that the human race is not bipedal. But also, inter- yeah. intersex, nonetheless, on a, a molecular DNA level, have X, Y, or XX chromosomes well, still. Yeah. They don't have uh, both. But like, yeah. don't, do not... Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do not... They, they, just, they, just, present, they just present both 
Yes. Do not trust yeah. any people who are trying to overcomplicate the argument with basically fake science. And, well, the, you know, some of the some of the arguments are so either stupid or disingenuous. The testosterone is a, cl- a cl- classic one. Well, the, uh, so, oh well, some men have high testosterone, yeah. some have low testosterone. So what's the difference? Um, how about puberty? You know, yeah. so just don't listen to them. Yeah. They are they are bad actors. They are they well, are the, not interested in anything argument, other than their agenda. The argument that I dislike, and I, I think um, Stuart Bailey in his email actually touches on the the antidote to this argument. And so the argument is that um, trans um, women or trans individuals in both dimensions have some of the worst um, rates of depression, etc., mental health issues, self harm, all of those things. Um, which, which I don't know the statistics, but it wouldn't surprise me if that is it's true. Like fifty percent of them, and that yeah, it would not surprise me if that is true, and that is that is horrible. But kind of as Stuart, the point that Stuart made. If I'm depressed and I, I feel better by going and beating up a load of 14-year-olds in an under-14s game Does it for or me? going beating up, um, hammering women in a women's game, that makes me feel better, but it puts 15 people on the opposition at risk. Is that a trade-off that's worth it? Yeah. Categorically and might, not. Yeah, and not to be unkind. You might you might think there might be an underlying issue to that which does not involve rugby <coughs> and does not involve... I, I wouldn't want to make yeah. comment on so that. No. Yeah, But you might, you, know, but, you might say that. But incredibly difficult uh, topic. I, I actually think, for what it's worth, the uh, that World Rugby Symposium they had where they got lots of different perspectives and they got science, scientific and sociological impacts and they mashed all of that together with a conference. Ross Tucker, as you already mentioned, was part yeah. of that. And they came up with their set of guidelines. And now the individual unions are uh, coming up with their own interpretation of those guidelines and recommendations and the rfu have made theirs in good faith which you can agree with you can disagree with but it's not simple and it's not easy and for what it's worth i think the rfu's recommendation is very much in tune with the majority of people in, engaged in the game of 100 percent, you're right yeah 100 yeah. there's a noisy uh, out a group of outliers uh, and you know some of the there's some of the antics on Twitter around, and it's important we mention Twitter around sort of um, clubs, some certain journalists, voices in, in, voices in rugby. I think are unacceptable, and if anything, they don't even help the trans community because they heat the they heat the debate to such an extent that you that you can't really have a discussion, whether it be referring to people as turfs or mm-hmm. you know, putting pressure on women to accept them because they're bigots. I mean, the reason we can't really the reason we probably need guidance more than anything else or rules more than anything else is i don't think it'd be possible for a group of women to openly say yes or no with a clear conscience knowing that they're not going to be accused of uh, bigotry or mm. being a turf or something like that so because of that we're going to need guidance it's not us that have caused this horrendous situation it's probably the people that use that sort of language and the most vocal that have actually made it necessary for the rfu to step in and yeah. say yeah we need you need some sort of regulation here. I, I, I don't care what people uh, call me or what people say, but there'd be lots of people... Uh, well, there, no, not lots of people. There would be a small number of people who would listen to this and then go ve- be very, very noisy. Maybe they will. They'll yeah. be very, very noisy on Twitter and they will say, we're transphobic. Well, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not because I don't play against them. But if I did, I might be. I mean, I, I might actually be scared. I oh, might no, literally no, be scared. No, but being scared is different to being transphobic. Oh, is it? Because I thought phobia was actually... Oh, no! It's an no, irrational phobia. Irrational phobia. So it's, it would be rational to be... If if someone... If you were playing against Will Skelton, you would be 
fairly oh, sensible well, you, to be You were scared, scared playing against um, no, uh, a 44-year-old. Yeah. And to be fair, Farsaliva. Far far yeah. So I was Farsaliva-phobic because <laughs> it was irrational for me. I, I, you know, because you're in entirely an incredible shape. Yeah, I, I can't believe, actually. Yeah. I, I felt, I felt man. His, I felt for his trick that he's an ex-international. Uh, and actually, I should have just—I should have levelled him. Should just nailed him. I should have levelled him. Well, you'll get another chance next season, won't you? Uh, twice. <laughs> <laughs> the Harry no, Flashman and yeah. Rugby strikes again. I, I think it w- you would not be transphobic, but you might be right if if you were a woman playing against uh, Shannon Frizzell if he if he transitioned. <laughs> Shannon Frizzell would solve so many of his life problems now if he, he transitioned. transitioned. Paddy Jackson. What do they do with Paddy Jackson if he tra- tra- transitioned? Oh, he, he's so brave. So brave. She, oh, sorry, she's so brave. They're so brave. Patricia Jackson. Patricia Jackson. My word. My word. Yeah. I know. What I what I would say in all of this, if if you are interested in the the logical side of the arguments and the actual science behind it, go and look at Ross Tucker on Twitter. Go and look, actually Science of Sport podcast, where there are multiple where he has set out the arguments for and against this position. And um, for Leah Thomas, for World Rugby, for the RFU, for other sports, some of his most recent um, podcasts have covered it. And he is such a well-informed, such an articulate, such an intelligent blog uh, on, on all things, but this issue in particular, because he's gone so deep in it, he'll do far more justice to the arguments than than the three of us ever could. So give that a listen. If, if you think either way, um, yeah, you, you might be informed. Yeah. Yeah. And... Lots of people, and and that's I, I guess that's another thing is yeah. Look into the the logic, the basis of even if you disagree with the decision, look into the basis of it. And equally, let's all acknowledge that we we cannot we're all capable of and should constantly update what we think about things, and we may yeah. well change our mind. If the, if there was some yeah of, yeah, I tell you what, a great question. If you is. if you, sh- if you genuinely showed me that you could get rid of the retained advantage, yeah. Like uh, completely eliminate it, yeah. then I, I would be open to seeing that. I evidence. think that is a wonderful way to, to end this conversation because yeah. I was about to say, the question you should ask the trans-inclusionary people is that what level of evidence would you require for you to want a ban? And if they can't give you an answer, then I don't think they're being genuine. I think, uh, Phil, that's a good point. Yeah, you've, you've made your, your stance clear. You think it's a no, but you've said if you can show me the evidence to show it's safe, then it's a yes. Absolutely, and that's it. Hundred percent. Absolutely. Nice. God, that is a it's a pretty dicey topic to be covered covering. I hope we've not said anything too inflammatory. Um, no, <laughs> maybe, absolutely not. Uh, let me just check our. Um, I sent a little message to the group to see if. What? Oh yeah, for for trans, some of the topics. Trans, uh, no, we covered it. Well done, everyone. Well Nailed, done. Nailed it. Tell you what, the first week of no rugby, and there's a lot going on. <laughs> there was a few breaking topics this week, weren't there? Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Well, thank you very much, boys. Nice. Yeah. Well, me and Tim are going for a beer now. What are you doing? Uh, I am going for... I'm going to put the kids down, and then um going to go and have some a couple of glasses of wine at home. Yeah. With some friends. Are you going to... Are you making your... um Ban me? I'm not... For them? Uh, no, I think... I'm not making ban me. I'm not actually cooking, because... So um, Claire and I have made the stupid decision, a good decision for Claire, stupid decision for me, that we're both going to run the Manchester half Ridiculous. in 
uh, October. Oh, you can do that with no training. That's easy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I do that tomorrow. I do that now. Nice. <laughs> Manchester. So I did. I did. I did a half. I did. I've done. I've run the distance twice in my life. First time I did it, I did one thirty-eight, and I want to beat that. Obviously, that was with no training. Mm. Um, so I've set myself a target of a bit lower than that that I want to beat. So I'm actually going to train for it. Um, oh, good. So I'm going to try and I'm trying to do. Try to do enough running. You'll see me if if you follow me on Strava. You'll see me doing a little bit of running on Strava. Hopefully, getting some good times. Oh, Phil, Phil's going to change it. body type, isn't he? I know. He's gonna, all well, that muscle's going to waste away. So this this is One my of those skinny fat guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is my conundrum that I want to basically. When I'm looking at this training program, I'm doing so it has like a few breakthrough sessions. Like this morning, I did ten one-kilometer runs at four fifteen pace. Uh, per four fifteen per kilometer, which is a decent pace, but nothing, nothing that bad for a kilometer. But ten of them with ninety seconds jogged rest in between, as like a breakthrough session. And on, yeah. on Thursday, I did um, a ten k breakthrough session. Um, the majority of the training is like just slow and steady base building, forty five minutes steady and oh, steady. Oh, that's the dangerous, dangerous stuff. Well, I'm absolutely Dicey. certain that. The, the logic behind that, there's a bit of cardiovascular benefit, but some of the logic behind that from the training program will be just to reduce your body weight. It's easier to run 21.097 yep. kilometers, kilometers if you are 5 kg lighter. So I am having same, to make... Same goes with if you're having trouble with your pull-ups. Just yeah, yeah. shed a bit of weight, it'd be much yeah. easier. So I am trying to make sure that I have enough calories so I don't lose muscle mass while also running... 40 or 50 kilometers well, interesting. per week. So, uh, so October, you're saying? Okay, October. So, so I've got, th- yeah. I got two, three months. So about, so I decided to do the Manchester Marathon at like, I just a space came up at work. Someone went, do you want to do the Manchester Marathon? And, and I'd, um, I'd stopped playing rugby because I'd been mm. working on BT Sport. And I went, oh yeah, go on then. And I had, I think I had six or seven weeks. Okay, yeah. Uh, and, and basically the advice I got was just strengthen your joints. So yeah, all, all I did was a load of knee, ankle... Yeah, uh, hip um, stability because they just said that's the that's the biggest thing. But uh, and they also said and just try and um, just shed some pounds in the meantime. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the sort of shortcut. So I think you're probably right about this long, slow, and steady because you you're, you've got like you've got a base engine already. You don't need to work on that. Yeah, yeah, but I want to get a decent decent yeah. enough time. Yeah. I definitely want, I want to do one three five if I can. Oh, I like that you've said bit. it out loud. That's good. So I that's, that's was good. listening to a podcast. It is that's a really good time. One of the Haven yeah, Lab podcasts, and it's either with a guy called French, who's a Yorkshireman who is the head of strength and conditioning for UFC, or it's another guy who's um, name will come back to me in a minute. Who's some PhD muscle guy. Uh, not the brand actually has a doctor. Actually, doctor. Yeah, actual, yeah, you know, doctor. And he was talking about how do you mix being a cardio athlete and a strength athlete mm. and cardio athletes actually get benefit from me from doing strength work yeah yeah you can do a lot of cardio work as a strength athlete but it's harder it's a lot yeah. harder so well, I'm, I'm not i'm not planning on competing um in the world's strongest man for the next few <laughs> yes. years yeah. so i i'm not sure uh my height would would allow me to what's the guy you're like the perfect crossfit height phil yeah crossfit yeah height. Uh, what's the guys are like 180 to 200 kilos i couldn't i, I just could not i'm, I'm not have the frame to get i'm, that I'm not even joking this you, you're the perfect crossfit shape and if you gave a couple of years of training you could become like in the in the masters categories 
Yeah. You could become a, a player. Absolute player. <laughs> that, that, Absolute. that would be a realistic target to try and be a CrossFit yeah. Games athlete by the time you're 45, let's say. In the 45 yeah. to 50 category. I'm sure I could. I'm sure maybe, I can't. <laughs> After two years, I'm sure I can't. Yeah. Uh, they're all on gear anyway. I don't really fancy that. Oh, well, I'm the opposite. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> on that bombshell. Right, uh, contact headchasers at gmail.com. We want your club uh, previews for the season for future pods. Uh, support us at patreon.com forward slash headchasers and let the boys play. Let the boys play. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.